Hello, welcome to Don't Call Me Exotic. I'm O-N-E-O. I'm a DJ, broadcaster, and promoter. This is the podcast where I invite people in the creative field to come talk to me about diversity, culture, personal experiences of racism both in life and in their careers. These episodes were made in collaboration with Seoul Community Radio, which is a live stream studio and community space based in Itaewon. These are the first episodes that are available to watch in full on their YouTube channel, so please make sure you show us some love. And with that, I'd like to welcome my next guest, DJ, promoter, producer, and the owner of a studio prioritizing women called Om, the amazing Yuzo. Welcome to another episode of Don't Call Me Exotic in collaboration with Seoul Community Radio. I am sat here with Yuzo. Hey, what's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, very good. Just like um, I had a crazy party uh, Monday, which was like a ho- like a public holiday, and then I think we party like seven thirty a.m. Oh my god! Yeah, and then I, I I've been dead ever since, <laughs> and then I just got here like fifteen minutes ago, but I'm ready to give my story. So. We have our coffees, and yeah, and caffeine and throughout the hit me. Yeah, throughout the um, duration of this podcast episode, we'll be like, ah, da, 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 da. it's gonna be wow. good. Yeah. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell me about what you do? Mm, okay, so I'm Yuzo, and then I'm a DJ, and also like I I make tracks, not as much as I do DJ, but yeah, I'm in the scene for more than six years, I guess, and then I don't know from maybe like a couple of years ago, I started to focusing on uh, female queer. Um, music scene I guess here so um, that's kind of mostly what I'm kind of aiming to do at the moment so yeah have you always been based in Seoul yeah I never uh, I mean I, I w- I'm not from Seoul I moved to Seoul maybe like six years ago and then I started my career ever since then oh. yeah and we also played a party together we did uh, Friday. last Friday it was crazy and then you know I danced for like maybe like two hours and then like I was like, I did my time, so let's go home. <laughs> I, you guys can realize that like I disappeared at some point. Yeah, that's what I do as well. I just do it like what they call a French exit. But it was crazy, you know. It was like people went wild, and especially I like the fact that uh, a lot of like girls, like females, they're in the, they're on the front lines, and then they're dancing crazy, and then like I like that vibe. I think that make um, every events always better. Yeah. yeah. I mean, shout out to the event, Heem. Tom and Uman, shout out, who are in the studio. The first party, it was amazing. Uh So you said before that you like to focus on like queer and female artists and also in the music that you play. I try to do like that. And then like, thankfully, some of the like usual, no regular crowds come to see me. Um, they like my set because oh I like because you play like very like female empowerment <laughs> songs and like and I'm like yeah that's kind of what I want the night to be and the event to be because I think if you make a minority of people in Korea feel safe to enjoy and then I have the night good I think um, the rest of the people can also have um, that experience more eventful i guess or also very rewarding yeah yeah but i think if you aim to have like a welcoming safer environment or an intentional space then everything else will just follow yeah yeah exactly yeah because then if you're creating a, a safer i don't like to really say safe but like safer place for people who like 
maybe wouldn't feel safer in mm-hmm. other uh, other spaces then mm-hmm. if they're co- cool then like everyone else is gonna be cool yeah, yeah so yeah no i when i dj and i see women dancing then i'm just like i think this is like yeah i think that's the most important i think i think uh women if they're in the front lines or maybe like i'm also queer by the way so if i make people from all the queer community kind of like this is like very fun night i feel safer than uh any other places they um we go i i think that's kind of what i like wish all the scene to be like that so yeah i'm trying to make that kind of environment i don't know if i'm doing like enough but yeah but you have a studio as well don't you i do have a studio and then um so the studio is an abbreviation for one more muse and then the word muse is kind of traditionally refers to women. And I got an idea from a like a website called One More Lesbian. And then, um, so I was like, this is actually really cool. If I make like one more something into, into an ab- abbreviation, the sound would make also nice. So like, it's like ohm, like I can, I can pronounce like ohm. And also the ohm a little bit sounds like ohm, like yeah. a, in French, like, refers to male, which is, like, quite an irony of there. But also, um, yeah, it's just a basic, it's like a rental studio. I I do DJ lessons there, and then and I let people to do, like, DJ practice, and then they pay per an hour. And then, yeah, it basically, I just want, like, female musicians, female producers, female DJs to kind of, like, work in a safe uh, place. So, yeah, they have, like, their own each room, and then I give them to use, like, per month and then they pay me like um it's like a rent basically i'm thinking this as like a stepping stone to kind of like because my ultimate goal is to make a female queer club which is very exclusive but also inclusive to everyone because i think uh gay clubs like gay guys gay male clubs in everywhere i think it's still okay for women to kind of allow Mm -hmm. or get in but it's not the other way around here so like if you're a female, and then um, if you're not a female, it's you. You're almost impossible to get into like lesbian club. So, yeah, my goal is kind of like have that like lesbian club, but like with good music and then good people. Yeah. So yeah. would that be kind of because I think it's also like quite tricky because you want to create a space for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for marginalized like one group of people, let's say, but then you also want to be inclusive. So like how. Because I, I I wouldn't know how to like do that. So like how like how would you do that? Mm. I mean I, I I haven't started, so <laughs> I I I need to be more concrete in like um, yeah. organizing that. I, I think there's there's got to be a way. I I think I thought about this kind of also membership kind of club to maybe male and kind of verify themselves, but also it just I don't know. Like I'm also not thinking that. Just because you're queer, you only stick to queer club. Mm. Mm. And then that's why kind of also lesbians kind of like admire. Sometimes like gay guys, they can allow straight people, uh, women as well. So um, I think I want to have a club like that yeah, as well. There's um like club promoters in London and they're called mm-hmm. Pussy Palace. And yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I watch their videos and um Cause like chipping on stuff, I don't know. Yeah, do you know her in person? Uh, yeah, um, she's Canadian. She came to like old Esther Studio maybe like two and a half years ago, uh, and then yeah, like kind of also like she did her play there, right? 
uh, Pussy Palace Party. How, so. like, how they've, like, kind of structured it is, like, the uh, ticketing system is tiered. Mm-hmm. So they'll have, like, a price for queer people of color who they, who the parties are for. And then, yeah, they, they tier get the, cheapest, the cheapest one. It's a, yeah. Oh, and okay. then, like, each tier of allies, like, it gets more expensive. Mm-hmm. And then, like, white cisgender. Um, how are you going to prove that they're ally and then, like... It's, I mean, it's not enforced like that, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's it's built on like an honor system. So mm. I guess I guess there isn't like a straight answer of like, how are you going to structure this event? Mm-hmm. But I guess if people are going to come and support, then like hopefully if they're coming with that intention, you'd hope that they would also be maybe honest with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what they would do. But I mean, that's one way that they've done it. So, yeah, yeah quite surprising because i don't know if the if they think it's i think it's this is also business so i'm not trying to also try to be like oh like we we need to make this scene like community ideal i that's also like my top priority but also it's a business at some point so kind of grading the system <laughs> like um if you're like a uh, queer and then like you're female like for example if i have that system in my lesbian club like later um in the future i i don't know like it can be controversial, I guess. Like, and then like, how you're gonna let them people, and how how are you gonna know that these person are la- are your ally? Yeah. And then, but I think it's like a one good idea actually. It's just like based on people honesty, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's quite interesting, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's exciting though. Mhm. Mhm. I know with, within your studio, you say that you do. You it's almost like they're renting it, and you do kind of help out. So it's almost like can act as a mentorship, maybe. Well, I mean, I have my own room, so I just, I just, um, (laughs) it's just really like, um, but this concept is pretty common in Korea. And then a lot of like foreign friends that I know here, they're like, um, this kind of concept is not really common in in Western society because Korea, it's like, uh, we don't have much space in general. And then like, if you have a good space, the rent is quite high, to be honest. So what they did is like, they make a room like a small chicken room <laughs> and then like you kind of like the more room you have you can have more like money from people but i didn't want to i i didn't want to do that personally because i just want first women who come to my studio need to feel safe so that's why uh, including me only five people can use it like residently and then but the visitors they can be any gender like I, I also don't want to be like men not allowed and some some men are like hey can I go to your studio and practice because I heard your policy and I was like no no no, no you, you guys can come you know yeah and then I already gave a notice to people who are using their own room is like you know visitors can be anyone so yeah you teach DJing as well do you? yeah I've been doing that for three years and then I think quite a lot of them kind of know who I am as as a DJ and then what kind of identity I have when I play music. So a lot of them can be queer. I, I, I think based on my experience, a lot of them are queer, I guess, and then also maybe want to explore not just only one type of music because that's also kind of how I present myself self in, in DJ sets. So... I heard a lot of edits in your set on Friday, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I personally love. Like, that's how I kind of got into DJing and radio myself. Mm-hmm. How did you kind of find your sound? And mm. I mean, was it always kind of like that sound? No, I actually, I started as a, like a house and disco DJ. And then at some point I was really into like this kind of deep, dark techno. And then 
I kind of realized that I, I don't know. I'm I may like the music, but I don't know. Maybe like the man, like mannerism of people consuming techno. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love techno, and then I I go to like certain genres of techno clubs here, and then as soon as I get into um, get involved with people who play in kick shop or maybe like people who play like bass music, um, dancehall, reggaeton, um, Jersey club. I, f- I found that DJs playing those kind of music, they, they can play literally anything. Like I realized that they're very like, they're multi-genre player. And then which I really admire. And I was like, I want to play different sounds in my set. You know, I don't need to play one type of music for an hour for, yeah, forever. And then that's also people who come to see me like expecting me to play like that. So I think maybe like three years ago, yeah, I, I kind of like I kind of changed uh, my DJ sets. Like I put more bass music, and then in between, I love dancehall and reggaeton too. So I think having like navigating my sets through like like um, uh, with these genre like helped me a lot. Like who I am right now, yeah. And it's more fun, right? <laughs> yeah, it it's very subjective, but it's really fun. Like you, I think every every DJ should try playing a lot of different types of music into your yeah into their DJ sets. It, it's really fun. Yeah, I'm curious yeah. about the DJ scene here because this is the first time I'm visiting as a DJ and have mm-hmm. having worked in music and been DJing for a few years now. Mm-hmm. And in the UK, like my experience has been like the lineups have been like so male heavy that there's been you know different types of groups and events that actually promote female only DJs and stuff which I have an interesting relationship with because although I'm totally here for um, celebrating female DJs but at the same time if we keep making it a thing then we're not normalizing the fact that we are just DJs as well so I have like a tricky relationship to it, but then also being here for two weeks now almost, and I've met so many DJs and so many female DJs, and it's been such a tight-knit c- community. And I think I've met more female DJs than male DJs since I've been here, but I, I'm just curious like what the experience is like here as a female DJ. I honestly think that Korea has more female DJs than Europe. I or, love that. Or any other continent i'm sorry you know it's i think this is kind of like my arrogance kind of experience stating that yeah like i think we do have more female djs and then i think there's no barrier that you cannot have a party or you cannot DJ just just because you're woman but i also think that depends on the genre you play so i think some clubs or some type of music you play uh they may hold you back um just because you're a woman i think some clubs are still pretty very male dominant i guess but definitely not where i play or where i engage and then i think in this case like women have two choices it's just like you kind of embrace the fact that um this may not changing rapidly like it's not going to change quickly as the way you expect it but still try to speak up to the organizer or promoters that um you know like having your awareness as as a female but also like we don't want uh, ourselves to be different than male DJs that's also what we want in the end right we're just like same you know 
some people might think that oh like you know male DJs are better than female or maybe female female DJs are better than male but it's it's not it's just different yeah they may deliver different narrative or different sound based on I don't know their experience but also I just want the diversity in it it just um but I don't see much of a point like where every month you have like one or two female DJs and thinking that you're representing diversity it's just it's just not and then I actually watched this interview a couple of days ago we should ask these questions to promoters and organizers who can be like cisgender male like for example it's just like have you ever wear up that that your parties or events can be misogynist or maybe like you're not representing like um, diversity enough like I think we can ask these questions to like people who are in charge of the scene or maybe community so because I think people like me, I mean, I'm open to, like, speak up and very vocal about, like, the status of, like, female DJs here. But also um, some DJs want, don't want to confront that situation, you know, because they get paid. This is also business. They want to play and then, like, they don't want to get stigmatized to a certain image. So I think this is, this may different to person to person. But, I mean... I personally feel like I like to speak about what's happening in the scene, what has been done in the scene. And then I think, but still, Korea, we do have more female DJs. Doing big things, maybe still not enough representation, also for queer people. They can have their own small things. I think it's really easy to start, um, but kind of getting the, the big crowd and like maybe like, because like bigger crowd means like you can impact so many people at the same time so i think that kind of opportunity is like still a lot of them i think a lot of the time goes to male or maybe like hetero like sexual people i guess yeah i think we do need yeah like the male or heterosexual djs to yeah, yeah. actually be the ones to speak to the promoters as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. because it can't just be on the people who aren't represented to mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. then underrepresented and then confront that because yeah it's almost that that situation where, like, if a guy tells his guy friend, like, if that other friend was harassing someone, it almost takes, like, his friend to tell them, being like, bro, that's not cool. Mm. So I almost feel like there needs to be, like, accountability from everyone and not just, mm-hmm. like, the people who are underrepresented because that's not fair to then have to take that on as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think you need to start your night soon. <laughs> yeah, like I was going to say the other option would be like you make your own friends, you make your own community, like do your things with your girls or your female friends, um, queer people. Um, yeah, that's like the other option you can do. Because then like first of all, then you wouldn't be really super stressed about like, oh my God, like this week again, like no female DJ, like why these guys like always like harassing me like kind of like doing like really bad things to me i think you can be a little bit free from that but i'm not also saying that every community is can be toxic in like some sort of way so but still like there're always going to be people who can you go with and then like do things together it's actually a good uh it's a very powerful thing so i think just make your own community first you know yeah reach out to people you know that i think solidarity yeah yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, working with people that are within your community first Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. the rest will follow. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) I think it will, I mean, yeah, like it just, um, but also like you, you do your choice. So 
just letting you know that I think DJs and producers here, I think they also wanted to do something together always. They're always willing to do that. So just like don't hesitate to reach out your colleagues or, you know, coworkers like in the scene, just like just do it. Yeah. yeah. I f definitely feel like a lot of supportive energy here. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about this a lot since I've been here. I'm like, is it because I've like kind of infiltrated like meeting a core group of core community of DJs who already are like good people or is that just kind of like the the standard community within the music scene here mm. that, so that's something that I've been thinking I think about. you just met really good people here <laughs> while you're here honestly yeah <laughs> um yeah just say good people bring good energy and then you know what's wrong with that you know and you, the outcome will be also very very beautiful isn't it yeah in the end so yeah. So you, you produce music as well? I do. Like, I wouldn't say that like, I'm like producer and DJ that I'm like, um, but I try to make tracks and then, um, yeah, like my goal, actually I had this uh, similar interview and then I, I promise I'm going to make a remix album of like all the female vocalists, but it hasn't been released. Yet. I'm like, I'm still working on it. Yeah. But also like um, through that, I'm also just trying to like make female crowd to be more like, um, relate who they are like when they come to see me or like listening to what I make yeah that's kind of what I'm hoping yeah have you thought about potentially doing like workshops um you mean like a producing workshop no or I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, I am not I'm not at the level to you mean DJ workshop yeah, DJ workshop well yeah like um I think um Tom um suggested me to do a couple of workshops uh I'm 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 definitely going to be there for that. Yeah, like, why not? I'm just, um, you know, I just want... I think everyone should be a DJ if they're interested in it. I think, you know, we need more new people always. I, that's kind of, kind of also what I thought. I mean, we we need uh, very skilled, like, skilled DJs who've been doing this for also, like, years and years. But also, like, we need fresh new people giving new perspectives, giving you different energy, bringing new crowd. So I just really want to facilitate i don't know if it's like if it's a right one in english but i just want to make everyone have that opportunity so yeah why not how did you get into it like dj yeah i started in the netherlands when i was an exchange student which which was like eight years ago seven seven eight years ago and then i mean around that time like already europe has like electronic music was a big thing and then but my taste wasn't really like uh, my taste was really horrible at the time. It just I just went to like Thursday party, you know, like the student party, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, the music's good. And then as soon as I came came back from the Netherlands, I was like, I don't know, I want to do something about like DJing or maybe like producing. So um, I went to there's like an academy, like we have this like academy culture here. Like you learn if you want to learn something you go to every sort of academy to kind of, I don't know, finish the course, which is like funny. And then um, I went to this, uh, we call Hagwon in Korean. I went to this Hagwon in, in, in Gangnam. And then actually my instructor at the time was DJ Bokal, which oh. is, which kind of all, um, all my relationships to SR kind of like started, but he was too busy. So uh, he tossed a, uh, like he's DJ course to uh, other DJ called Shin Kumin, like um, and then yeah, like uh, I learned maybe like six months like um, DJing through him, and then I had my first debut on SCR, and then 
and ever since then I've been de- I've been DJing. Yeah, and my first party was at Pistol, playing like Detroit, Chicago disco house and everything. So yeah, that wow. was like six years ago, a long time. What was your experience like being in the Netherlands? It was it was good, and but also now I have to think about because at some point I wanna uh, go there. I mean I visited a couple of times more there, but not as in like a DJ or something. I just visited purely just to see my friends and then just for sightseeing because I am really interested in like bass music and then I know like UK really has like a big bass scene. But also, I heard Berlin is really good. I don't know about like um, other cities in the Netherlands have like that scene. Because I watched the Boiler Room, uh, Lisa, mm. the Amsterdam is like, she played the music that I really want to play. Also, like I think Netherlands is like very nice, calm like country, but also music-wise, I still haven't like figured that out, like where I can fit in if I maybe like live there f- for a while. So I need to figure that out. But also, like I was like, I was a student like eight years ago, so I didn't know much about it. So, but it was it was fun. It's like definitely made me um, think like I can maybe live there for a bit. But I also love living here because I'm Korean. I lived my whole life here, and then I I would say I'm quite established here. I'm quite settled. Mm. I mean, you should definitely come to the UK if you're interested. I will. I will. Actually, my f- my first ever trip abroad was London. Really? My when? sister, she used to live in uh, Sheffield okay. for her master. And then, like, she moved to London for her TESOL. So, and that was, like, when I was 18, 19. And then she was like, do you want to come to London? And my flight was direct flight from Korea to London. And then that was kind of my first trip abroad. And then it was January. It was rainy and yeah, so cold. And then, like... There's three hours <laughs> of daylight. It's terrible. <laughs> And the the food was quite expensive in general. And then I remember, like, um, when she was away, my sister was away. I was uh, at her house. And then I was like, oh, I'm just going to have, like, two packs of kimchi. And then, like, she was like, why did you have two packs of kimchi? It was so expensive. And I was like, I'm sorry. It's really, I'm actually, like, I'm actually traumatized <laughs> about going back because the food there. Every panchan, uh-huh. you have to pay. So in Korea, for the UK listeners. Um, Even in Korean restaurant. In a Korean restaurant, you, oh, you order have to pay extra. Yes, uh, kimchi is like four pounds. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, traumatizing. This is a, this it's is a very serious thing. Like, it's just like, I'm traumatized. Yeah. So if I go for a meal, it's like eighty pounds mm-hmm. for something that would cost me mm-hmm. twelve pounds here. Mm-hmm. It's I am actually I can't handle it. It's a it. Korean restaurant, but the rules are like I can't handle it. <laughs> the rules and are like I'm looking as close. a Korean person. I'm looking at this Korean person, and I'm like. Uh, or do you understand what's happening? Giving right this now? Korean look to like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't understand. And I'll just share one more experience about uh, Korean culture, like coming into London. I went to a festival uh, last month, and it was Where? really cool. But the, which one? Um, All Points East. It's mm-hmm. in Victoria Park in East London, and they had a soju stand. And I, I remember being like really drunk, and I remember passing <laughs> and being like, "Oh my god, there's a soju stand! This is crazy!" So I was with my friend. I was like, "We have to go." Went to the soju stand. And I was like, I'll have a bottle of soju, please, which costs about 1,000 won here, right? 2,000? No, I think it's in like shops. Th- oh, 3,000. Yeah, 3,000. So that's like, oh. what, two pounds? Mm. They are telling me, first of all, they don't sell bottles. They have to pour it out in like 50 milliliter measures. 
And I was like, okay, first of all, that's like rude. But second of all, fine. How much is it? Five pounds per two shots. So shot. it's not even cocktail, but they sell like it. So it's, they're selling it as a shot. And I'm like, no. you do understand like this isn't. I was so mad, but I was mm. like. But they're Koreans too? Like, no, no, no. It was oh. like some like very young mm. person mm. just working mm. on a bar. And she was mm. like, I didn't mm. make the rules. Mm. But I was, yeah, I was like, don't get angry because this person is like. <laughs> 18 years old (laughs) and they're making so much money so i've decided that i might start a soju like you should should, like side hustle side side hustle Uh there and become a millionaire yeah (laughs) why don't you do studio and then like studio who have a bar license yeah sell kimchi for yeah 800 pounds and just like simple thing you know like esther has like the best chicken wings and then like uh, potatoes and then they got a they got a reward, you know. Yeah. You just like uh, you can, simple as it is, and then like you can still do the business. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Oh, thank you. I'm like very honored. Yeah. Um, please, can you drop your social so people can check you oh. out? Um, it's just like my Instagram. I only use my Instagram, I guess. So it just say so you can just type uh y u z o p i a uzopia. That's my Instagram handle. Um. Yeah, no Korean number, right? Just like my social, <laughs> my social media. I mean, you can check my SoundCloud, but I don't know. I think it's kind of a, I don't know. Th- there was a point then when SoundCloud listening to DJ mixes through SoundCloud was like a big thing, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know about these days crowd. And like to be honest, like whenever I play in Cake Shop or other venue, I'm like, because obviously they look younger than me. I'm like, I'm like 31 right now, so. Now I have to think about like, oh my god, how how are they finding mixes? Oh, this is market research. But I think they, I don't know. Maybe I engage in like different groups of people because I'm not young anymore. I'm not. I'm not in like my early twenties, like mid twenties, kind of like really like craving for like going to parties and events. So maybe I'm not giving the exact facts or something, but. Uh, there is a period like for people it's oh my god like i need to check this dj mixes because his style or he she her style is like perfectly my what i want to play i think there is a there isn't like a certain types of period but i think these days people are more like i don't know what they're interested like i also want to learn from them you know sometimes i get asked like do you have a spotify and i'm like what does that mean like Mm. what i don't I don't know how to put mixes on there. What are you talking about? Yeah. So it's confusing. I don't know where yeah. people are finding yeah. mixes. But I use Spot, um, SoundCloud still. It's just classic for um, underground DJs and producers. So it's like, yeah, just try to listen to DJ mixes a lot. Because if you want to be a DJ or maybe if you're interested in the DJ scene, yeah, because I think that's like the classic way to get your information. So... And it gets exciting, I think, if you listen it's, to a mix. Yeah, really it's, like exa- it's really like if you, I don't know, I'm trying to give, some DJs really try to put themselves really hard on giving narrative on their DJ sets, right? So some people really just say, oh, I just play whatever I want. But if you're focusing on that, I think it will, it will really help you out to navigate yourself as a DJ. Because uh, some people think the DJs just play music, but that's not always true you know they think what to play next it, they try to make a story out of it so yeah just find the dj good dj mixes you know yeah well i'm sat with one right now so no <laughs> anyway thank you so much thank you thank you so much for listening and thank you to yuzo and soul community radio 
I hope you enjoyed that episode and please make sure you subscribe, follow, and rate the show to keep posted on new episodes. You can also get in touch with me at Don't Call Me Exotic Pod and at O-N-E-L on Instagram and TikTok. You can also send me an email at don't call me exotic pod at gmail.com. Oh, and make sure you don't call people exotic. Bye.